Welcome back. This is episode number 85 of eBay the Right Way. Today's date is November 2nd, 2022. Today's guest is Carlos, who has burst on the scene of the $100 supersize sales thread. He is also a mail carrier and fits eBay in around his full-time job and his family. Before we get started, I have an important announcement, and I apologize if this does not apply to you, but uh, it's kind of a serious thing. (laughs) Um, Communication to my premium library students has been crippled due to some tech issues on Teachable. So I am putting this out on all of my platforms to hopefully reach my students. And let me explain the situation as concisely as possible. This is for premium library students and anyone on my email list. And I'm telling you here because the email system is broken beyond repair and I can't email you anymore from Teachable. This is very upsetting for me. I feel like this is an unwelcome breakdown in communication. So, unfortunately, and I say this with a heavy heart, I will be discontinuing the Friday email due to unsurmountable tech problems on Teachable. I'm not discontinuing the premium library, just that email. I have been sending a Friday email to you all since I started the premium library in 2018 without fail. So four years every single Friday. But over the last few months, students have reported not receiving the email, even though they have opted in. And now at this point, November 2022, 95% of my students are not receiving my emails. So it is kind of pointless to keep trying to send them. Here's the problem. The issue is that the Teachable domain is being seen as spam due to a large number of school owners abusing the email system and spamming their students, which I have never done. So basically, people are going to Teachable, setting up maybe even a fake school just to build their email list and then incessantly spamming those people which they're not supposed to do. So email servers are now seeing any email from Teachable as malicious. This is a case of the corrupt actions of a few affecting the entire platform. And 
I completely understand that discontinuing the Friday email will be disappointing to my students because you guys are opening and reading the email. I can see that on my end. But sadly, this is beyond my control and is very frustrating for me as this situation continues to deteriorate. I have been fighting this battle for months, trying to figure out how to make it work. I have been on the phone with Teachable. I've done Zoom calls, uh, chat conversations, every way I can. And it just cannot be resolved. So it's time for me to move on and put my energy into making more content rather than fighting a bureaucracy where I cannot make progress. I hope you hear the frustration in my voice. Um, and we all know how tech things like this can be a real time suck and a morale killer. And honestly, make you feel like your head is going to explode and you look up and two hours have gone by and nothing has been accomplished and you think I could have done so many things with that time I can never get back so the solution is I encourage you to refer to the monthly updates page for new content as this is updated weekly the monthly updates page is like a bulletin board where I post all the content for the month with links to those lessons. So you can check in anytime you want and see what's new. And make sure to scroll down on that page for my on-camera bulletins and check-ins that happen every other week. You can always use the index to find topics alphabetically. And you are always welcome to email me directly with your questions as your membership, even the free trial, comes with unlimited email support. So I will continue to make quick announcements on both my podcasts and YouTube videos about new weekly content as a reminder for premium students to check in, just as I have been doing in that email. And I want you to know that I'm here for you and I do not like this change, but we can work through it and stay connected. And I do apologize for this change, but I have done everything in my power to fix it and it's just become an impossible situation. So as of today, the Premium Library has 545 videos with 145 hours of content. Here is a quick recap of what was added in October, a total of two hours of content. There is a lesson in the collectibles section about a very important person in American history. And this lesson does not do this person justice. But in the interest of time, I had to condense it so that it didn't go on for hours and hours. <laughs> so uh, there's that. And there's another lesson in the collectibles section about an item which I finally found, which was the inspiration for the lesson. And I've been seeing people post that on the uh, Money Making Mondays for years and finally found it. There is a 60-minute podcast-style tutorial 
with 16 steps you can take right now to improve holiday selling. This comes with a printable tip sheet so you can print it out and check it off as you work through the steps. And this um, has been around for a while but I did update it for 2022 because as you know things just keep changing so uh, that is freshly updated for you and also added was the monthly Q&A which is a 30-minute recap of questions I receive um, usually fresh and new and different things that um, I haven't talked about before um, and I do that intentionally so it's just not the same thing over and over again. There are also two 10-minute bulletins with other eBay news, uh, sale or finds of the week, encouragement, and other current news. So that is the end of the announcement to the premium members and those on the mailing list. So Let's get into the interview with Carlos. Hello, listeners. Today we have another interesting guest, Carlos, and he has a lot of good information for us. So say hi to the listeners. Hello, listeners. And um, I started seeing you on the Facebook group posting your sales. That so, is right, yeah. We got to get this guy on and talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where are you located? Well, I live in um, Northern Virginia and a city called Bristol. Mm -hmm. It's about uh, 40 to 50 minutes from D.C. Okay. Yeah. So it's not okay. a big city. It's about, I don't know, 30,000 residents here around the area. Okay. Now, is that near Charlottesville? Uh, a little far from there. I was born in Charlottesville. Oh, yeah? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only connection to Virginia. <laughs> oh, okay. So, but beautiful place. Yeah. It so, is nice. it and is living nice. close to DC, um, you probably have some good things in your thrift stores. Um, I, no? I thought that at the beginning, but um, <laughs> <laughs> when I started to source for eBay, um, but all of a sudden, I think that happens around the country that uh, the, uh, uh, um, you know, thrift stores start raising the prices and there's no more for me in there. Sometimes I yeah. stop, you know, up there, there's a um, 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 Goodwill Beans in D.C., but I've never been there. A lot of people talked about it, but uh, I don't know. It's a little far and, and I hear that it's get crazy so i don't want to get into that yeah you might be taking your life into your hands going in there <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I've heard some of them are much more aggressive than others that's what i hear yeah yeah so you got to be one of those people that wants to dig and fight i, I like the digging yeah I, anyway, <laughs> I go to boxes and boxes okay well let's back up a little bit and talk about what brought you to ebay what what was the thing that got you started well um like I was mentioning a little bit, um, um, I started on other platforms. I started in 2017. Before that, I, I always wanted to have something for my own, like my own business. I opened a um, auto detail, mobile auto detail business, but it didn't work out because it was too much um, physical work and I had knee problems. So mm. during that time, so I just, so I'd stop it and sell everything and start again. 
by 2017, I um, I started watching some videos about Amazon FBA. I tried that. I saw a couple of uh, shipments up there. They're really okay, not too bad. But I wanted something more. So I heard about Amazon private label. Mm-hmm. So I decided to save some money uh, and go for the private label and, and order some merchandise from uh, China. Mm-hmm. The first batch was okay. The second batch was a lot of uh, um, other sellers and also the Chinese market brought into the United States with that specific item was a baby item. So it was really bad. So I decided to stop it. I need more money to invest if I wanted to go that way. But then I said, I have to do something. I, I cannot be only doing my job. I like to do something always, right? And then... Um, I start listening about people talking about Poshmark. I say, okay, I have clothing that I bought a long time ago because I used to send clothing to my country and, you know, for my family. And I got a bunch that couldn't sell. And I started selling it out on Poshmark, but it was too much of being there, sharing your clothes and all that kind of stuff. So I said, no, this is not, it's not for me. And then one day I was working and listening to people and other podcasts and uh, I'm listening about eBay. And I remember that time I opened my account in 2017 and by 2019, I finished with everything else like Poshmark and, and Amazon and all that. And, um, and I said, Oh, I remember I have an account and I post one long time ago when I was doing Amazon, I posted a, um, a comforter for sale. Um, it took forever to sell. Now imagine it's going to be like uh, Amazon that you put something it sells maybe in a week or so. Mm-hmm. I didn't touch that anymore. But when that person started talking about eBay, I said, okay, he's sourcing stuff used to sell on eBay. I start looking for videos and start looking videos, learning a little bit, and I go for it. Since the first day I started, I went to my first garage sale mm-hmm. and I was hot, you know. <laughs> I brought a lot of stuff. My wife said, I'm sorry, what, what is this, right? Well, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. Um, and then from that point, you know, I, I love it. Um, I like it. It's something that uh, uh, made me happy, you know, even though I don't have too much time to source. And, and that's why I, I, I just saw the video of, uh, one of the videos of the hundred dollars or more. I just made that video. <laughs> I was finishing that this morning. I'm going to post it after we talk. But yeah, three hundred dollars for two video games, <laughs> right? Yeah, and the other one is the cat, the telephone cat, the Garfield. The, mm-hmm. Yes. The, do you ask out there? I just made, I just noted that you asked me, "Hey, Carlos, you can clarify it's a private pick, right? Right. And because my time." working for the postal service. I have not much time to source, especially because it were Friday and Saturday. By the time Sunday comes, most of the time is gone. Mm-hmm. So I got to source in a different way. So that's why I start doing that private picks and getting to know people. Oh, so they let you in their house and you just give yeah, them so, offers yeah, on things. That's, that's, how, that's how it usually works. Uh, I start sourcing first on Marketplace. And then uh, when I see people posting uh, all this stuff, I love vintage. I love all toys, all mm-hmm. video games. That makes me happy. 
And then um, when I see something old or vintage, the people is, is selling for small amount of price. I message them. I go to the house, talk to them. I explain what I do. And until now, I have no problems. People are really nice. Um, um, they contact me after that. I say, hey, I have all this stuff. If you want to check it out. And I go there, pick the house. I want to get this and that. And, and like... Um, George Kelly says, you know, sometimes you got to get the uh, the good stuff with the bad stuff, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's what I do. And, and, and it's working for me that way. It is working. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I have a few questions about what you just said. First of all, um, what country are you from? I'm from Peru. Peru. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you were finding things and sending them back to your family in Peru? Uh, yeah, that was, um, I usually, uh, I, I remember... Uh, I got into um, Abercrombie or maybe uh, other brands that I could purchase on, online when mm -hmm. they have the sales. And I used to buy like, uh, you know, quantity of them. Mm -hmm. I go to my counter when I visit and give some away and some of this I sell. That's what I used to do in the past. Okay. Yeah. But I remember that box, we couldn't go to Peru anymore during the last those two, three years, and I have that box. That's why I say, oh, can I, I'm going to sell that in Portsmouth. But okay. it's too much work, I think. <laughs> so I have to ask, did you go to Machu Picchu? Believe it or not, no. I didn't uh, have to visit, yeah. but, uh, you know, that's one of the plans. Uh, uh, my son's still little, but we're going to go back and, and we're going to go with him. Yeah. That, yeah, that's on my list of places to visit <laughs> sometime when traveling is better. <laughs> it's better. That's right. It's too much restriction, especially for South America and Central America countries. Right. Yeah. It's just everything's messed up right now. But mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned your other job as a mail carrier. That is correct. OK, so we had a little chat before we started recording and we think if um, Carlos wants to, maybe we bring him back on in a couple of months and uh, answer your questions about USPS as best as he can to the best of his ability because he's just a mail carrier. He's not in charge of the post office. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> you don't have any, you don't have the power to change anything. You just no. know what's going on. So, um, yeah, I've got like, a bunch of questions about that. So I think we should do that on a separate episode because, um, yeah, people do have a lot of questions. So that, that, that anyway, um, that's, that's a hard job. Um, and I bet you get some kind of brutal winter days up there in Virginia. Uh, yeah. The beginning was really hard. I remember my days work, you know, um, when you, when you start, it's, it's, it's difficult because you got to, uh, kind of show that you can do the job. Right. Mm -hmm. So they give you a little bit the hardest places or the harder hours. And um, I remember I was walking on the street, delivering the mail, maybe about until 8 p.m. rain. Oh. Yeah. So it was hard. But then when you become a regular, you decide what route you're going to do. And I was lucky to get uh, one the, one on my office, the only city uh, route that is 95% uh, driving uh, mm -hmm. to neighborhoods. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Okay. Because I mentioned that I have some knee problems. So I was thinking at the beginning, um, I, I don't think because my knees uh, start hurting me and say, I don't want to be able to do this job anymore. But I was lucky to become a regular. 
mm -hmm. um, and choose that route that was available and it was 95%, I think, mainly driving. I'm happy with it. Good, good. <laughs> and then back to Amazon private label. For people who don't know what that is, you basically find a product Correct. and you make up your own label mm -hmm. to put it on there. And then um, you put it out there to sell it. Mm -hmm. But that is challenging because you have people don't know what your product is because you just, you know, you just invented it. Like, maybe you're selling some kind of health and beauty line and you mm -hmm. put your own name on it and people haven't heard of that before. So that's one of the things that works well when you're not doing private label is uh, everybody knows what Ralph Lauren is. Everybody knows what Ray Dunn is. You don't have to um, find customers because they're already out there and they already know your mm -hmm. product. So I'm curious what you sold under oh, private was, label. Um 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 portable diaper changing uh pad oh okay yeah well Pretty practical uh, yeah and um because my son was born so i was thinking about those kind of things to help people um because we got a challenge to go with my son outside and where we're going to change it right right yeah so i decided to start looking for those kind of items, and I listened to different um, people who were successful in Amazon um, private label. And, um, you know, they did all overnight communication with China because that's the only time they, <laughs> then they can talk to you, right, by Skype or other sorts of stuff. And, um, and I was happy with the, uh, with the process. I love it. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the you create something you modify the item to make it more yours with some specific details and some more quality uh, materials. Mm -hmm. So I brought my first batch of uh, 2,000 units. And those units, I, I think maybe in a matter of uh, four months, I was done with those. But the problem is and, and when you have no name on the, um, on the market, there's um, um, some uh, software or maybe uh, apps or websites where you can go and promote your your items. So what you do is just uh, you're paying a, a, a flat fee and also a percentage, and you they promote your coupons to all the people who. Uh, oh, okay. So for example, if your if your item is normally twenty dollars. But you want to give them a coupon of ninety percent for the first week to start getting traction on the, on the sales mm -hmm. algorithm mm -hmm. on Amazon. That's what you do. You decide how many coupons you're gonna get away, how many per day, because usually at that moment I don't know how it is right now, but at that moment it was between my first competitor was selling about fifteen to twenty units per day. So I wanted to match that uh, velocity of sales in order to rank on the first page, and I did for the first part. So I was happy with that. But the problem is I didn't get in consideration the uh, Chinese New Year. I didn't know anything about it. Okay. So when I ordered my second batch, I ordered on the time that all the factors are closed. Oh, no. That <laughs> put me away like a month. And when my items were done and brought to the United States, my uh, seller run was down completely so i gotta start over with that said also 
Chinese manufacturers start sending the same kind of product to a lower price, couldn't compete with them. Mm-hmm. So what I did is just liquidate as much as I can my, my inventory and I lose some money, not too much. But I say, you know, um, even though, you know, I was looking, um, listening to people who had courses up there, you know, like $4,000 courses and I cannot afford Oh, them. yeah. So you pay them to teach you how to do private labor. Exactly. Yeah, that but, was a big thing back, yeah. back but then. I was, I was lucky because one day I was listening to one of them and uh, like I, I was doing in the, back in the day and, um, and he mentioned he's going to give away a course. And I said, yeah. Just put a comment and leave it up there, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't thought that I'm gonna win that course, the four thousand dollars. And um, what I did after one week, I was listening to the uh, to the um, YouTube uh, video and say the winner of the course is Carlos Chavez. And I said, "What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect." So I start, you know, look at the course. A lot of good things he said. A lot of uh, a lot of things I knew already. Um, but a lot of good things and tactics that he showed me, but, and, and I understand why I wasn't able to scale the business, right? Mm-hmm. Because you got to be able to be ready at the moment and just start selling to order the new, the new batch and the, also order new products, not only one. Yeah. Because private label is tough because you have to, as soon as you figure something out, you have all these competitors Yeah, because they fit. Maybe they're watching you. Maybe they just contacted the same suppliers, whatever it is. Um, and then you got to figure out something else. And that's that's Amazon in general, really, if you're doing like retail arbitrage or anything. Yeah. It's that constant, you got to keep figuring out the next thing. And so that's why I went back to eBay because I kind of had a a tough experience on Amazon. <laughs> and I, I missed the whole... Um, looking for those unusual items, the vintage yeah. items. And um, because, you know, they're only going to get more vintage. In fact, this morning I sold a pair of women's um, vintage underwear, like oh. <laughs> you know, red with ruffles all over them. And when I saw those and they have the, the union label, so it, it, means it's vintage. It was made decades ago. And um, I was like, oh yeah, somebody's going to buy this. And they were less than a dollar at a thrift store. And I put them on auction because I didn't know. Uh Uh, It was a brand that I couldn't find anything on uh, in any information. And they just sold for a full price of $70. Yeah. And like, you can't do that on Amazon with, with products that 20, 30, 100 other sellers have. You you can't do that. And and even if they didn't sell right away, that's okay. Somebody somebody's going to want them at some point. There's no more of those being made. They're vintage, they're collectible, all that stuff. And so while um there was a lot of hype on the internet from maybe 2013 to 2018 about Amazon is the place to be. You have to be selling there and do an FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon and all that stuff. Um, And Amazon just exploded with products and it was very hard to sell anything that um, could be easily obtained by other people. So that's why I went back 
I did Amazon from 2009 to 2014 um, oh. and kind of put eBay on, on the back burner because, you know, this was the place to be. Uh-huh. And, um, and then I decided, yeah, I just I don't want to have that anxiety all the time. You know, That's just correct. like, is this going to still work tomorrow? You know, what's because it was so unpredictable. And, you know, eBay's more like, oh, it's vintage. You know, you have the items people want and just they will eventually sell. There's no more being made and they're collectible. And so I had to change my whole business thinking back. That's right. Not too many of those items, you know. Right, exactly. So, you know, I feel you when you say <laughs> that the private label was tough because um, it's a great idea, but people don't know you, they don't know your product, they don't know your brand name, and you have a disadvantage going up against, you know, the big companies, Fisher Price, mm -hmm. Gerber, and all those that have an established brand. Yeah, and, and you know, also the returns uh, policy is, is killing Everybody oh. stop selling maybe, for example, today, and I still get returns after like three or four months after I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it is crazy. People returning the, you know, the, the items after four months and Amazon just says, give the money. That's it. Yeah. And I think the Amazon business model is, is a different kind of business than the eBay business yeah. model. Um, there's not as much treasure hunting. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you could still sell anything you want pretty much on Amazon, but, you know, books and all those kinds of things. It's just, it's a different kind of business model yeah. and it's very fast paced. Um, they change the rules all the time. You yes. know, they came up with this, I don't know if they still have the Christmas return policy, but something about this was a few years ago where if you bought an item from, I think it was November 1st through January something, if, if you bought an item in that time frame, then the buyer would have 90 days to return it. Not 30, but 90. 90. And that's <laughs> when a lot of people left. It's like, I'm not doing that no. because then you have that, I call it the hot toy craze where you know, there's some big hot toy out. The stores can't keep up with demand. Um, so the parents order it on Amazon. It's delivered. The kid gets to open it on Christmas morning. Yay, I got my gun yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. And then supply catches up with demand. And the parents would take that item or they would return it to Amazon and then go to Walmart or Target or whatever and buy it at a lower price. That's right. So they, you know, they pay a hundred dollars for this dumb water gun for Christmas. And it, you know, in January it's in the stores for 25. That's so you right. get all of these returns, these hot toy returns, because um, the parents figured out the system Return and it's not just for toys. Yeah. It's for all kinds of items. So it's just get one. So whoever can open it on Christmas morning and then we'll do a switch out later. That's right. That's what a lot of people call January returnary, right? Yeah, returnuary. Ex exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So after going through all, and it's like you wake up and you're like, no, not four returns. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that's why I am so all about selling things that don't get returned, that's like right. yeah. the collectible stuffed animals and you know, 
vintage underwear, whatever it is, like you're not going to find this anywhere else. So focus on things that don't get returned because that is such a confidence buster. Like, oh, I got to start over. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard, but it was a good learning experience. I learned a lot and um, I was able to transfer a little bit of that to eBay. Mm-hmm. which I do part-time only because my, my work doesn't allow me to spend much time on it. So, yeah. Um, at the beginning, I started going to garage sales. I tried to catch up garage sales from 7 to 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. because I got to get to work at 8. So it was only one hour time frame. And only a few of them open at 7 when it's really shiny, warm, you know. And <laughs> so I was running to them and start getting some stuff. And say it should be another better way to get more inventory. And this, there's when I decide to start talking to people. I, I, I don't talk too much to people. But <laughs> since this job, since the eBay came out to my life and said, hey, the, I remember I was really shy the first, when I went to my first garage sale, I was really nervous. I'd never been to one of them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because in my country, we don't talk about garage sales. You know, everybody uses the stuff until it's gone. You know it's I mean? true. They don't sell their old stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, and I, I heard about garage sales and I, uh, you're like, what, what is that? What is that? That's yeah, crazy. well, yeah. No, I'm going to go to garage sales. But that day, I remember I went there and I got a couple of uh, tennis rackets and some uh, vintage uh, tracker hats for 50 cents for $1. And I was hooked. I, I was happy. I oh, the, the the, yeah, trucker hats. Yeah. That's a great item. Doesn't take up much room. Easy yeah. to ship. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of bubble heads and, uh, and I start posting and posting and, and I was ready. Since that day, I believe I, I got more confident talking to people. Mm-hmm. So I start looking on marketplace because I have some time to look on marketplace on my break time. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. And when people start posting things like I was, you know, that I think there could be a good sellers on eBay, so I start chatting with them. I f- first, I send the offer, the, what they're asking for, and, and I start a conversation. And when I go to pick up the item, um, you know, I start explaining what I do and if any chance they have any any other stuff like like toys or old video games or things like that. Um and, and it's working out because um, I have a couple of referrals from those people. And I uh, also uh, did my um, business cards. That's what I was going to ask you is you have a card that you give out. Yeah, I, Actually, I have a, um, the colors are a little, uh, I don't know. Oh, I love that. Lacosa yeah. treasure hunting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I it's love like that a, idea. Like a vintage color or something like that. And um you know, when I talk to people, even, um, you know, when I go to donate some stuff, I always keep my cards with me because when I see people donating, I, I, I wait until they finish. Um, because most of the time, you don't get to donate all at the same time. You go by parts, you know, then I donate this, this time. They continue cleaning and they bring more stuff for donate. Right. Yeah. So I start, you know, I catch the people and say, hey, how you doing? I'm, I see you need some cool stuff. So my name is Carlos. And, um, you know, this is what I do in case you wanted to, instead of donating, get a little bit of money. Um, let me know. This is what I buy. You know, I buy toys, I buy games and all that. And that work out, too. OK, so I have to ask when you're on your mail route, 
Mm. And you're just driving around delivering mm-hmm. the mail and you see a garage sale. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't stop. I'm working. <laughs> so do you go yeah. back later? <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, when you do your route, uh, you do it every single day. So you get to know the people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so that happens, you know, um, the first house I remember like three years ago, I believe, um, a person start putting stuff outside before the trash day comes and it says free. I said, mm-hmm. Oh, free. So I was, I was driving, delivering the mail, I see free. And I started looking around and the guy approached to me, he was bringing more stuff. And, you know, we talked to, to everybody. So, and he said, Hey, you want to get some stuff? Yes, get it. And say, what, what, what's happening? Are you moving or, you know? And he said, no, this is my, um, this is my uh, parents' house. Mm-hmm. They unfortunately passed away. We're cleaning because we, we, we want to sell the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So anything is free. Yeah. Everything is free. Okay. And so I explained what I do on my part-time. I spent a couple of minutes in that. Um, you know, I say, if you have more stuff, this is my number. I brought my number and everything. Uh, just uh, give me a call or if I can give you a call later. Well, the, the weekend comes, I went to his house. And I, I bought a lot of stuff. <laughs> he has some, uh, some uh, you know, the football games, uh, the pennants uh-huh. from Red Kings, uh, different uh, teams, um, some electronics like uh, radios, boom books, uh, beautiful, uh, some trains, some toys, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I spent, I don't remember exactly, but no more than a hundred dollars. And then just independence, I made my money in, in like maybe a month. So, oh, I bet. Yeah. Right. So, um, and then I, every time I had the chance to talk to the, um, my, my customers, I talked to them and it's been four to five years, um, that I get to know most of them around. So, yeah. And, and this is about relationships. Yeah. When you- when you get like you and George do with um, going back to people's houses, they'll, they'll contact you later. Hey, I got some more stuff. Do you want to come over again? And um, yeah, it's building that relationship with people. Cause I, I'm a firm believer. You get the best stuff when you, yeah. when you um, go inside somebody's house. Yes. Because it's, you know, that thing may have been sitting there for 30 years. It hasn't been through the, the thrift store um, system where it's, you know, thrown around and dumped into bins and falls on the floor and things are in pretty good condition when yes. they haven't been touched in decades. Yeah. So when I, when I listened to that podcast with uh, George Kelly, I was really said, yeah, this, this is what works. And I, um, I like that podcast. He, he's awesome. <laughs> so did you already have a business card before you heard that? Yeah, actually, I had that business card Good. before. I was I was okay. listening to another another uh, uh, a YouTuber, and he mentioned that, and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna go on the website. I use the Vistaprint and I order my cards. They have mm-hmm. some models for my information. I wanted to change it now uh, because I saw George Kelly uh, business card. He actually mentioned a lot of the items he purchased on the back. Right. That's right. And I don't have that. I just mentioned, you know, like. Uh, um, toys and, and, you know, video games and, and some uh, vintage items, collectibles. That's all I mentioned. So people maybe 
it's not reaching out because they don't. Yeah, have it to. doesn't. It doesn't trigger anything if they don't. They're like, oh, really? You would want that? Yeah. You want old typewriters? Or <laughs> I got one of those. You know, you you have to um, prompt them to think about what we look for because the average person, and you've run into a lot of those, I'm sure, does not believe that some of these things can be worth so much money. They just they just don't believe it because they are not in this reselling world and they've never seen it. They've never seen like that, you know, broken doll that's uh, not made anymore. Oh yeah, that sells for $400, you know, and it's broken. (laughs) That's actually what happened to me. And I was really surprised. Um, I went to, because Sundays is the only day that mostly can go to garage sales. I went on Sunday, the garage sales started on Friday, Saturday. I said, I'm going to check it out and see what happens. Because I also like to go out in the morning to Mm -hmm. see, right? so I went to this carousel. The lady has a lot of um, pots and pans, all TVs on the drawer, um, flashes, dirty flashes. And, you know, the lady was nice. I was talking to her, spent like 10 minutes and say, I'm sorry, I don't see anything that I catch in my eye. Uh, but I really appreciate the time. And she said, hey, by any chance, do you buy old toys? Yes. <laughs> buy what kind of toys? Yeah, I buy old toys. Oh, can you come to my uh, basement? I have my old toys. I don't know if they have value or not. That was amazing. One of my best hauls ever. <laughs> the, lady, the, 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 the basement was really organizing me. She got totes. Uh-huh. And she started taking the toes. I helping her. Um, she opened one of the toes. And it was all the uh, cars or planes for uh, G.I. Joe's. Oh, okay. She opened another one. She got the little figures with all the accessories inside. She opened another and one. You just got thought, I'm in a treasure trove of toys. Yeah. I've hit the jackpot. This is like sunken pirate treasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so there was a lot of stuff. Uh, she got Fisher Price. Um, I I think it was a total of seven. Um, backets, big backets, and and say yes, this is what I like. So how much you want for it? You say I don't know. And what about fifty? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. You know, you don't understand, Leo. This is this is, for me. This is this has value. Uh huh. So what about I give you a hundred dollars? And she say, great. Okay, so let's go oh. hundred dollars, and I and got. You could probably sell like two of those GI Joe things and get your money back. <laughs> I didn't know exactly what was there because I was starting, but I knew that GI Joe was really soft. So, so I went home. And I said to my wife, "Hey, look at what I got," and she said, "More stuff? No?" <laughs> She's like, "Really? You're bringing in more? Oh, you haven't sold all the other stuff you got?" <laughs> no, no, not really. But she, she's. She sometimes uh, worry about the things like my garage is my my area, right? And sometimes because I got, you know, I bring the stuff really um, in a hurry, put it up there. And sometimes I don't have time to organize until late. Right. Right? Yeah. So the garage, it looks like a mess. <laughs> then I had the chance to organize everything in need after maybe a month or two months. And then right. it's fine. That's how it goes. But um 
But when I mentioned to her, look at now what I mentioned to her, look at what I got for this pie. Look how I solved for it. And she say, oh, nice. You know, she see that uh, it's something that I enjoy. And I think she likes that. You know, she that doesn't complain. About yeah. And I think uh, for a lot of people, they have to see it to believe it. You know, yeah. once things start selling and you're like, oh, this sold for $300, this sold for that. And then they get on board with tolerating the junk the the death pile. <laughs> no, and I, and I really that's just that. money sitting over there. He'll get around to it. And um so you're either delivering mail or you're in hunter gather mode. <laughs> and going out bringing stuff home. <laughs> yeah. But you know going back to the yeah your stuff um I saw one of the um Barbies for a hundred and um, it was a Barbie doll um, male character um, with a Christmas Christmas outfit. I don't okay. recall exactly, and it sold for a hundred and twelve or hundred and nine dollars. Wow! Sold in a couple of days. Then one of the um, one of the um, planes that I clean and put it together because some of them were apart. So put it together. A collector from New York bought it for a hundred and eighty dollars. And I still have, you know, I, I start posting the figure with the accessories, some of them, you know, 10, 15, 20 and all that adds up. I still have some, a few of them that I would like to keep for me, but, uh, you know, I just keep it for a couple of months and then I say, okay, let's go. Right. Uh, yeah. But that was one of my first and best hauls ever. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's talk about some other items that you sold for, mm-hmm. for good money. Um, you just kind of popped up on the group a few months ago. Yeah, I always look uh, um, and read what everybody says, right? But um, I remember one day I posted a picture. Um, I'm not a tech savvy, so I put put a picture, but I think it was too small. And I got a message say, "Hey, your your, your picture was removed because yeah, was that small. was me. Ah. It was too oh, small. <laughs> well, and it's hard to see because people want to see the That's item." Right. Yeah, and I understood that. But then after that, I think uh, I was more um, spending my time in getting more stuff and with work. I believe it was um, I don't know what time, maybe a full quarter that we got busy. So, and then one day I say, okay, I continue watching what people is posting, and I, in my head, I um, I thought that we're gonna post only hundred dollars or more, right? But then I see people posting $20, $30 sales. Right. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start posting again. Okay. So I start posting five because that's what I say. No more than five. So I'm going to post in five and five and five. And, you know, I was happy. A lot of people, you know, um, like it, my um, my post and say, you know, they like it. Oh, nice. That's good. At least people can see. I don't sell rare stuff. I sell stuff that you can find anywhere and uh, uh, for, for good money. And and since then, I was happy that you, that you invited me to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes when people are posting from their phone, it's the way they do the screenshot that the, right. the item is so tiny. So um, we're just trying to get it where, because it's a learning situation. So mm-hmm. you've got to be able to see it. Um, but yeah, the, there's two different threads. The regular money making Monday is anything, and then there's a the hundred dollar one. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel that um, the hundred dollar items are unattainable 
like, oh, I'll never find one. Yes, you will. You just got to keep doing this. And it's just one day you're going to have that. Um, But the other one is valuable too, because most of the time your sales are not over a hundred dollars. Oh, believe me. I I have sales. I have sales that um, they're $5, $6 because what I love also is media. I like to buy cassette tapes, Mm -hmm. CDs, DVDs. Mm-hmm. But I was lucky to find uh, cassette tapes in mint condition and uh, DVDs and CDs uh, sealed and in good quantities. So, and I love it. It takes me. Well, up. and media is easy and fast to list. Oh, yeah. Really it's not easy. like clothes where you have to wash them and stage them and measure them. And that's, that is work. Yeah. So, um, I heard one time a person said, you know, I don't know, I love to sell cassette tapes and and records and things like that. And uh, he was right because what I do, I put three or four cassettes at a time, take a picture, and when I list it, I crop it, right? So I put one side, the other side, and mention the uh, quality of the cassette tapes. And, and it takes me, what, maybe a minute listing for each cassette tape, right? Mm-hmm. And then what you're going to, when you sell it and you're going to, ship it it's easy you just grab a little cardboard roll it in mailer close it put the label and that's it so i consider the maybe three minutes mm-hmm. very fast so when i added uh like last month i sold about 30 31 cassette tapes average five four ninety nine to to seven or eight dollars mm-hmm I say, okay, if I get maybe three dollars for each one at the end, that's about seventy-five. What? About ninety dollars, eighty dollars at the end, mm-hmm. right? And I spend maybe an hour of my time. Right. So that's an eighty-hour uh, pay, right? Eighty dollars an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it is a good amount. It's something that I I love because I also when I'm doing my my postings or cleaning some of the stuff, I'm listening to music the the way I tested to, um, and I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah you, have to, you have to keep it doable for, for whatever your life is. And, you know, a mail carrier, you're busy. That's a physical <laughs> job. Yeah. So I have to ask you, since we are getting into near the holidays, what is your favorite mail carrier appreciation gift? <laughs> First, the, um, the company doesn't want us to uh, get um, gifts, but everybody does it. But uh-huh. in the year in my route, um, a lot of people, uh, they give us like gift cards from mm-hmm. different places, like, uh, you know, um, coffee places, like, um, um, and some others give us money in envelopes. Mm-hmm. And some other give us like maybe cream for the hands, you know, because. Oh, okay. Get oh, yeah. So okay. Uh, a lot of things different. So. Yeah, I do. I've always done that uh, when I had the same mail carrier was give them something just um, because, yeah, in the in the winter when it's around holiday time, it y'all go all day. I mean, you might have a 12 hour day delivering (laughs) because of the volume. And I remember one time somebody sent my family a um, a turkey, like a smoked turkey. And UPS came to the door at 9.30 at night. 
I mean, they, that's how busy they were. It just took them all day to do it. And so, um, while the rest of us are out here, you know, la da da, celebrating the holidays. You guys are working, you know. Yeah. You're you're really working hard. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this happens in every office, but um, I'm really happy at my office. My my um my coworkers are really nice and really helpful. When somebody's having a, a bad day, too much for the route, and we don't we don't want to make the time. So we uh, help each other. Mm -hmm. So we go up there after we finish, grab some 20, 30 minutes of mail or packages and deliver the way they can go home at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that happens in every, um, in every office. Um, I would like to say yes, but uh, in my office, that works really well. Yeah. Well, and people don't realize without you, without the post office, like, a lot of your holidays wouldn't happen because you're ordering stuff that's being delivered. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, be nice to your mail carrier. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Appreciate them. Cause I know I couldn't do it. <laughs> that's, it's just a lot. So, um, we appreciate you and all of your coworkers. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you like, um, media, meaning video games and cassette tapes. Um, what other kinds of items other than GI Joe? Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I, I sell everything, everything that I can, you know, make a profit on it. Um, um, if there's something new that I never, I never sold, so I go for it too. I just check, you know, uh, the comms and the velocity of sales, and based on that, I make my decision. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you know the uh, internet is. It's not working on those areas, so I just yeah. I just decide, you know, by instinct. Now I want to get this and this and that, and so far I'm not disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is tough when you don't have internet to look something up. You just have to go with your gut feeling, and a lot of times it's that's the best way to go. Is yeah, that's right. Feeling like, oh yeah. I know. I found a vintage Tupperware thing the other day, and I was like, I didn't have to look it up. I'm like, yep. I remember we had this. It's like the lettuce keeper, and it has this spike in the bottom where you you stick the head the head of lettuce on it. It doesn't roll around in there. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we had this when I was growing up. That's old. <laughs> I'm. It was two dollars. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting that. I don't have to look it up. So, yeah. Yeah. Your gut feeling is that's like um, your your higher self telling you what to do. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 um, I saw from toys, video games, which is the things that I, I like the most, but I got into vintage um, clothing, like um, OPs, uh, T-shirts from the 80s. Um, OP, like Ocean Pacific? Ocean Pacific, yeah. Oh, I remember that brand. Yeah. Yeah, I got they, a, they have yes. modern stuff too, but you're right. The, we did wear a lot of that in the 80s. Yeah, and um, uh, that's all really well. Um, and actually, that was a private pick too. Uh, when I went to, this happened like this. A person um, posted on Marketplace the Garfield um, telephone. Okay, and uh, they wanted twenty dollars. I checked comms and said, "Oh, that's a I'll go for it." It's like I'm gonna be there after work today, so I went there, and and I got inside the house. They got the Garfield in the kitchen area, 
and I noticed they have other phones too. And it's, there's a Mickey Mouse phone, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Walt Disney Mickey Mouse. I say, how much you want for that one? Uh, $20. Okay. So, and then she had another vintage phone, um, a rotary phone. And how much you want for this one? Same $20. And then they have a duck, a telephone duck, a wooden one. And I said, how much you want for this one? 20. Okay, we're talking about 80. If I'm going to get all four, make me a deal. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do 60. Nice. And I see you're moving. No, I'm not moving. I'm cleaning my mother's house. She passed away. We're cleaning and all that. And this is the house where I, where I grow up. Oh, you know, look at this is what I do. I explain myself and say, if you want me to, I can go around the house, pick stuff that I like. And, and yes, let's do that. So I went around the house. And then when I, I was looking on, I think it was his veteran that looked like their parents um, or his parents never touched it after they left. Mm-hmm. Because all the teachers from concerts, <gasps> Rolling Stones. All those uh, were inside there. And they were washed dusty, but they were washed last time. And say, can I get those? Yeah, yeah, get whatever you want. Now, those were just hanging in the closet? And some were folded and some were, some were hanging. Okay. Yeah. And so I started grabbing stuff. And at the end, how much you want for it? For the shirts? And you say, oh, maybe a dollar. That works for me. So I start piling up <laughs> shorts, shirts and um some hoodies, some uh, color t-shirts from uh, Ocean Pacific. And then uh, I got a bunch of stuff. And uh, my last stop in one of the rooms, I saw, and I put this on uh, on on the um, $100, a radio, a, I don't recall if it's Angel, the one that appears on uh, Stranger Things. Oh, I keep hearing about that, all these props, yeah. Stranger and Things. I, yeah. And I say... Oh, look at that. That's beautiful. How much you want for it? Oh, give me $10. And I didn't know about that radio. I, I like it because it was old. It was mean condition. And I say, okay, if it doesn't go for much, I'm going to keep it for me, for my basement, for my garage. So I grabbed that, paid the person and say, are you going to be selling more stuff? Yeah. Today is a little late. So maybe if you can want to stop, stop by maybe uh, during the weekend, we could do something else. Yeah, that's that's perfect. I will do that. So when I got home, I started researching the, the teachers and I saw only one of the, I spent like about um, 90 to $100 on that. Okay. And, and the Rolling Stone teacher sold for about 70 something. Only okay. one of them. And I'm telling you, about, I have like maybe sort of 40 to 45 t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And um, I still have some stuff that I got to post from that hole, but uh, it was really nice. Then when I get back, I got the Atari, and I'm I put some of the Atari uh, sales tools up there because at the end, um, each game cost me about a dollar, plus two consoles in really nice condition with the box and everything inside. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm keeping the Atari because that's for my age. <laughs> So from you're, you're talking about the Atari, A-T-A-R-I, from the 80s, like the... The older, 2600, yeah. The older console. So you yeah. had the the console unit and games. Yeah, I have about 37 games, all with boxes and manuals and everything inside. 
Oh, wow. And I got all that house for $50. And is all that listed? Um, I list all of the games. And by the consoles I wanted to keep, I have the junior and I have the regular one. So I'm I'm thinking I'm selling the regular one because it has the box and everything and Mm -hmm. keep it the junior for myself and testing games when I get when I get them right, right. testing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember we got an Atari when I was like 12 or 13. And uh there's four kids in my family <laughs> that we had to fight over who was gonna play. <laughs> and we just would stay up all night playing these dumb games like there was one with a circus clown or something. Jumping oh, yeah, on the, a the, the circus. Atari circus. Yeah, I was like, I like that one. <laughs> and then we had one called Stampede, which you're Stampede, trying to yeah. run the, yeah. the cattle. Um, I mean, by today's standards, those games are pretty dumb, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Asteroids so and Pac-Man, yeah. but... Um, that was the beginning of, of video games. That's how that, it started. Um, yeah. Pong. Pong was super boring, but you know, <laughs> you could <can> play. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember when I was, that happens on the 80s. So uh, I was back uh, in my country and, you know, we didn't have the means to buy the Atari. It was expensive. So one of mm-hmm. my friends has, it. and I think that's what um, brings back memories, you know, that I didn't have it at the time. And I was able to, because I, I, I found it in different um, um, uh, places, but in rough condition. This mm-hmm. one mint. This one really nice condition. So that's why when it says, give me $50 for everything, and say, okay. Uh, you could get your money out fast. Right now before you change your mind. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Well, that's great. So how many items do you have listed? At the moment, I have a uh, six hundred and twelve, three hundred and ten, something. That's like that. a lot. Okay, yeah. and and you have a pile that you haven't listed because everybody does. Yeah, I I consider my pile about three to four hundred. Okay. Uh, items. But the but there are small items. For example, one time I got a collection. I said a collection. I don't know if it was a collection, but I went to a hoarder's house. That's how I, they advertise a house. And I went to the attic and with my brother-in-law came to visit us. And I found um, um, patches, vintage patches from the 80s, 90s, but all in their baggies, brand new. And I'm talking about when I last time, last time I did a count, it was about 170 patches. So I put that on my pile, put a bunch of stuff on my pile. I paid $130 for all of that. And I has also postcards in there that I wanted to learn about postcards. You know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever doesn't take too much space, I want to learn and see if it's possible. Yeah, that's that's the best thing is just um, I do that all the time. I'll buy something at a thrift store just to take it home and learn about it. You that's know, right. you have the thing in front of you. It's different than if you just look look it up randomly online. It's like you can, um, I don't know, it just it sinks into my brain. I retain it better if I purchase something and bring it home to research it. I did that the other day. I found some lotions, like little trial size. Yeah, yeah. The ones they had ones. hundreds of them. And I'm like, I'm just going to get one and research that. And if it, if it's it good, then I'll come back and get some more. And I'll be like, right. oh, what kind of deal can you make me on all of them? Yeah. So, um, 
and, and the store was about to close. I didn't have time to figure it out right then. But yeah, I was like, I'm just going to get one so that I'll remember to research it. Um, but you're right. That's the best way to learn. Yeah. And because this is wearing baggies, no use, uh, new all the stock. So what the same thing, I, I put like six of them in a picture and then crop it when I list it. And there's only two pictures, one from back and, you know, sell similar. And um, this range between seven, six to seven dollars to the most expensive I sold for 25. But it's easy to list, easy to sell. What you grab it, put it in a little baggie, close it, and that's it, not even a minute. And now, you know, I sold maybe about 70 or 80. I still have a lot of them. What were the patches from? At different, at different uh, states. And the uh, Arizona, Virginia, and they have the logos, uh, or for example, from Virginia, it says a little heart. With the uh, I love it, uh, Virginia for lovers. Right, right. They have okay. they, they have really nice graphics, and uh, this person was a collector of those. He went all over. Some other okay. from other countries too. I was really okay. surprised. He was a traveler that collected those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but I, house... I thought you might say they were Boy Scout patches. No, no, no. Military patches. Um, but yeah, though that's a perfect item because they don't take up any room. Not at all. So easy to ship, and yeah, they're collectible. Yep. Good for you. <laughs> okay, well, we have almost blown through the hour here. Um, the last thing I ask my guests is, um, what kind of advice would you give to other sellers? I guess in your case, working a full time job and fitting in eBay around it. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Uh, um, and I know other guests already uh, mentioned, you know, the um, uh, research and some other uh, some other aspects of the business. But for me, because um, limited space, I think get organized since the beginning. You know, even though you think you're gonna have only 10, 20, 50 items, keep it organized and you know, in a, in a place that you recognize where it's gonna be. You know, and label it maybe one, two, three, four in boxes or maybe ABC, whatever, because when I got to a point that I started getting um, big lots of items, it was difficult. So I'm cleaning still and putting in boxes with the label and changing that on the on the listing. It takes time. So I do it in maybe one box at a time. Well, and doing it the way you're doing it with the business card and people calling you back, um, that you can accumulate very quickly. Yes. You have to be prepared because if you walk into somebody's house, like the lady with the seven totes of toys mm-hmm. and you want to get all of it, it's like, you better be prepared with a place to store everything. Cause um, sometimes you just can't walk away from a deal. You got to do it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You have to do it. And like George says, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. And, and, you know, I remember I did my, um, um, because I have a lot of stuff in my garage and the community started doing a, a jar sale after the COVID. Um, um, and so I put mine on a Saturday, in Saturday or Saturday. Yeah. And I opened at seven and by noon I have over $900. So I closed the garage <laughs> <laughs> sale and say, okay, then done. I wanted to continue, but we, we had to go with my um, family somewhere. So, but it was, it was a nice experience. So that's when I, I started doing it, um, you know, um, whatever I don't want to sell on eBay, I'm just going to put it on the side and let it go and 
in a garage sale for one. So yeah, you you have a garage sale to get rid of the excess exactly. To- keep your inventory from taking over your house. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it can happen fast. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, well, that's great advice. Um, wow, well, I learned a lot talking to you. <laughs> we will you. definitely circle back maybe after the holidays and your busy, busy mm-hmm. season. And maybe you won't have too many horror stories about <laughs> the mail carrier. <laughs> but um I would like to give listeners the chance to submit questions because um, that is something we often wonder about and we get mixed information. So, mm-hmm. you know, eBay for business might tell us one thing, but then somebody who works at the post office might tell us something else. So um, not to put you on the spot. I mean, obviously you only know what you know, but, and mm-hmm. you don't work in the post office behind the counter. So no. that, that's a different um, situation. But um, yeah, we'll definitely get you to come back on and talk about being a mail carrier. <laughs> <laughs> Will be a pleasure. Yeah, sure. Well, my uh, mail carrier a few year, years ago when I had the same one for a long time, you know, I always felt bad about, oh, he's got to get it, get out at my house and get all my packages. And um, but he was happy. He was like, no, this is job security for me. Um, <laughs> I love seeing all these packages because. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I have a couple of sellers in my route. I have um, one person, um, he does this full time. And, um, you know, I got to know him um, very well that he don't need to even put a, um, a pickup request. He just texts me, hey, Carlos, you have uh, uh, some items for you. And it's, I just go ahead and pick it up and, and good. And you know, one of the things that people um, um, maybe don't understand when they see the mail carrier pick up the package, but it doesn't say it's kind of yet, maybe the next day or something like that, is because when we pick up stuff, we just go with a page. We scan the page mm-hmm. and that's all we do. That tells the, the, the office that we actually pick up the request, mm-hmm. but the package gets scanned at the end of the day. Right. So what I do is just, because I know how the business is, as soon as you scan it, um, eBay gets a notification in the buyer, I assume, too. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I scan every one of them right there. So you just do it right there yeah. on the spot? On the spot and bring it out, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. I've had mail carriers that don't. They just scan that they picked it up because yeah. I had one tell me there was some kind of, you get paid extra if the customer has requested a pickup if you request it in a different hour um or different time than the regular um career hours okay for example if your career goes to your house around 1 or 2 p.m but you want it to be picked up in the morning at 8 a.m for any mm-hmm. reason then you get charged for that's a special service okay. because we're going to score there first yes okay well we'll get into all that on the next episode <laughs> <laughs> So okay, well, thanks again for. Oh, thank you. Um, are you off from your? I'm off today. Yes. Okay, so yeah, we we arranged this where um, you could sit and chat, and I have to. <laughs> what what hours do you work? Um, I work from eight to four thirty to five. Okay, so that's your regular nine to five <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it was so great to meet you and hear all about your business, and uh, you. we're going to have you on again. So thank you, Suzanne. Be prepared. Okay. Well, no thanks. Worries. You have a good day. Oh, you too. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye.
so fun to talk to. And I can't wait to have him back on to answer questions that the listeners might have about USPS, mail carrier stuff. Um, I already have a few questions lined up for that. So let's move on to today's trivia question. You all know that I love selling 100% linen clothing. It has been a consistent seller for me for years. But do you know where linen comes from? Like we know cotton comes from a plant, but where does linen come from? Here are your five seconds to think about it. Okay, linen is the most ancient of fabrics with a rich and romantic heritage. It is widely accepted as a textile in Egypt some 10,000 years ago, but there is evidence found in prehistoric caves in Georgia, meaning the country of Georgia, not the state, that suggests it might have been used as a textile 36,000 years ago. Linen is made from fibers sourced from the stems of flax plants. Flax fibers are very strong, up to three times stronger than cotton, due to their crystalline structure. This structure transforms into a linen fabric that is strong and durable. Now, you've heard of flax seeds and flax seed oil. Those are the little seeds on the top of the plant like you would see on wheat. It has a stalk and then it goes to seed when it's mature enough and all those seeds appear on top. But now you know that the linen fabric comes from the stalks or stems of the flax plant. A little history lesson there. So now you know that. Okay, next week my guest is Becky, a southern girl like me. You may remember seeing her egg timer featured in the $100 supersize sales video on September 19th, 2022. She has recently become a snowbird moving to Arizona. So be sure to tune in next week to meet Becky. Thank you all again for spending the last hour listening to my podcast. I appreciate all of you out there. Okay, now go make it a fun day on eBay. Bye for now. <laughs>